1: Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk, back again with you guys for another episode of the end of the... what? No, sorry, it's the Guna Talk, that's the name of the channel, but uh, hello and welcome. Hope you're all doing good and well. I know that plenty of you aren't right now, and uh, I'm not surprised, to be honest, because it's it's been a bit of a chaotic day, uh, if all's been said and done, and uh, I'm not surprised that a lot of you are going to be frustrated, uh, annoyed, angry, maybe even... Uh, apoplectic uh, amongst yourselves about the news regarding rice but we're here to talk about it we're here to make sense of it and uh yeah i'm looking forward to be joined by a couple of fantastic guests to do that with first of all joining us you know his face by now it's bailey how you doing bailey you good joel
2: i'm excellent tc always a pleasure to come on your show of course and i just want to say guys calm down calm down a (laughs) long time to go let's not have the meltdown yet it's not deadline day
1: Oh mate, I, I I'd forgotten deadline day even existed. To be honest, it's uh Everything. yeah, I'd rather not have to think about the fact that we are more than two months away from deadline day. That's still uh, an exciting thing to come. And making his debut uh, on TGT today, uh, very happy to be joined by Rory Talksville. How are you doing, Rory? Good, you well? I'm very good. Thank
3: you. Thank you for having me on. Uh, pleasure to be here. No, um, yeah, trying to avoid the No problem, them, problem
1: out. at all. No problem at all. Um. I became aware of your stuff when I saw a rant uh, about Chelsea's um, kind of spending. I think it was, I sent you a DM, uh, kind of the view of, of how Arsenal are perceived by everybody compared to to other clubs. And you know, I know a lot of people became aware of you on social media from that video as well. And uh, it's, it's amazing what rants and how they can take you and where they can get you to, isn't it?
3: it is yeah, yeah uh me uh, speaking about chelsea and ffp, FFP has um,
1: yeah has oh wait, rory well. your your mic's a little bit strange i don't know if that's on our end you're like coming in and out i don't know if
3: could just be my internet i'll be honest no, i think
1: it's the are you using like headphones as the microphone
3: no no it's a it's a normal microphone setup
1: okay. okay see if have a check on the uh, settings and see if it's if it's that. um yeah. Bailey is. I put the the the, uh, the headline as, as disaster question mark. Um, is it a disaster if Arsenal don't sign Declan Rice?
2: I think disaster is a very very strong word because Declan Rice <laughs> isn't the beat all and end all. But don't let's not get it twisted. Losing out on Declan Rice is a it's a major issue. It's a very 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 huge disappointment. Not disaster because there's always replacements there. But it is a major disappointment since considering how public we've gone with this deal and how much, um, and we've always seemed as the front runners and to, to to lose out on Declan Rice would be not just an embarrassment, but it would also be a, a, a it kill us as well. For If you want to challenge Manchester City next season, already you'll feel like they've, they've got one-up on us, especially if Rice does go to Manchester City, not just on, off, on the pitch, but off the pitch, they've got the win already. They've already got the one-up on us. So it would be a major disappointment, but a disaster. I think that's too far.
1: Okay, fair enough. I I actually disagree. (laughs) I think it would be a huge disaster if Arsenal weren't to get their hands on Declan Rice. We'll we'll go into it a little bit more. Rory, let's do a mic check. How are we sounding?
3: Is it any better?
1: Uh, I'm hoping so. Yeah, I can hear and and hear you clearly. So, what do you make of this? The tagline of not getting Declan Rice would be a disaster for Arsenal.
3: I think it would. Uh, I think it's damaging to our image. Um, we've proven that we're, we're getting back up there on the pitch and we've got to prove that we can do it off the pitch. And I just think, you know, there was so much noise. And the fact that it's not the first time, the fact that Kaiseido Mudrick, it's happened so many times. We have to pull it. We ha- we have to pull the number one target out of the bag at some point um, for, for us to compete in the future, I think. So, yeah, it's big
1: uh chat box are saying tom do a poll we'll put a poll into the chat box would so would not signing rice uh be a disaster i hearing what kind of people in the chat box are saying bailey like from my perspective you know I get what Rory says there, you know, you've put yourself out there, you've put yourself into a level now and your main title rival's stolen away your number one transfer target. Chelsea look like they're getting Arsenal's potential other interested option, which was Kaiseido, of course. It doesn't look like there's many obvious alternatives either of that kind of calibre. So does that in any way change your mind or do you still think there's kind of reason for calm in some ways if it doesn't happen?
2: Yeah, no, I do agree. Um, Of course, losing out on Casado and Madrid does have a major impact. Uh, Rice will be possibly the third player we've missed out on. But again, I I have to repeat that we're in June. We've still got a couple of months. Opportunities will arise. There'll be players to come above this. And again, it is to, this might sound bad, but it is to Manchester City as well. I think if Manchester City comes in for any player, then more more than likely the player will choose uh, Manchester City simply because of the pedigree, the manager they have, the current run they are on. It's not easy to beat Manchester City to a, a signing, of course. We could have... Arsenal should have um, done with the deal quicker, but sometimes not everything works out, of course. You can't bid. As, you, as you said to something I watching your tweets? And I agree with you, you can't just put your cards out on the first bid. You're going to have to... Try to work your way and negotiate just like we did with Havertz and Chelsea. You can't just throw all your cards out for Declan Rice because we don't know either if Manchester City could have matched that immediately. They might have been keeping an eye on the whole deal anyway. So, again, I think there's time to be played in the transfer window. It's not, I'm not going to say it's a disaster in August. And if you ask me that question in August, TC and the number eight hasn't come in to replace Shaka, then I'll say it's a disaster. But for now, I'm going to say it's a huge disappointment if it's still a big if, if it does happen. Mm.
1: Yeah, I suppose that is kind of the the sense right now is the ifs. I've had people tweeting me, leaving me DMs saying kind of the, I told you this wasn't going to happen. It's not happening. He's as good as done. Rory, do you see it in this way? Is it as good as done? Or do you think Arsenal still very much in the race? I mean, I went, when the Mudrik deal kind of happened, I remember when I was out at a steakhouse, and I remember seeing my phone buzz up saying Chelsea are in Poland to negotiate a deal for Mudrik. And it did feel almost like it was over at that point. But, with this news of Man City coming in, I don't get that same sense with this one at, at the moment.
3: No, nor do I. I think we're actually still in the lead as well. Um, and I spoke about this earlier. I think actually the Havertz deal going through yesterday has made me a lot more confident. I feel like if Arsenal really thought that we were going to have to push a lot higher up with the bids, uh, I don't mm. think we'd have bought, I don't think we would have committed to getting Havertz done yesterday. Um, and we'd have kind of left that money and that option still in the bank to go further with Rice. So, I still think we're leading. Um, I just think, yeah, uh, we're getting tested uh, by Man City. But I don't think they'll go much higher than we do. And hopefully Rice wants us.
1: Yeah, there's suggestions that Man City's bid, according to DiMazio, will be that 90 million, actually, that Arsenal have offered. The difference being is that, you know, their installments will be, I think, in in two halves. um, And actually, the add-on side of things, when you're Man City... Is a lot more achievable from that perspective. You know, Arsenal can't just simply go in and say, "I will match whatever they agree," because if their add-ons are winning the league or winning the Champions League, West Ham are going to be like, "Right, well, this is Man City. You know, we can kind of accept that that is a realistic target for them." But for Arsenal, there's still a lot of question marks in that regard. So Arsenal, I think, would need to come down on the uh, on the add ons side of things. Bailey, we people have mentioned about Arsenal should have done this quicker. This should have been through the door already. Could Arsenal have done, or should Arsenal have done anything different? And if so, what would that have looked like?
2: Honestly, I think it's the the publicity of the deal. I honestly think we could have maybe kept it better under wraps. I think everything's been publicized with this deal. I think it's been the first bid, the second bid. If we could have kept it more private and, and negotiated more quietly, then I think there would have been less outrage from the fan base. I think some bids don't go do go unnoticed. I think if I'm not to be mistaken, but Casado we made three bids. I don't think we heard about those three bids until uh, later on. I know we heard about the first one, but the other three, Mm. we didn't hear about. But I think when the second one came out and we saw the the figures of it, that's when the fan base just absolutely lost everything. The first bid was going to be rejected, but I think if it was done in more of a quiet manner, I think things would have been okay. But the fact that everything's now been publicised, I think the third bid has Mm. to be the winner for Arsenal. I know we are going to do the third bid. Hopefully, Manchester City doesn't match it, but the third bid has to be the winner. If there's not a third bid, if there is a third bid and it's still not good enough, then Yeah, I do worry for for the fan base and their reactions. To
1: (laughs) Rory, do you agree? Do you think that Arsenal should have been doing this quieter than it's been played out?
3: Uh, If it was possible, I think we would have done it more quietly. I think we've seen from Arteta with other deals that they get done very quickly and out of nowhere. Uh, I think this has been West Ham making it as public and as loud as possible uh, Mm. because they've been desperate for a bidding war and they've very loudly rejected us both times. Um, I think, inviting Man City into it. So I don't think there's much more we could have done on that front. And short of massively overbidding and giving West Ham a bid that they just couldn't turn down, I don't think we could ever have avoided this kind of inevitable battle with West Ham. So I certainly don't blame uh, the club for that one.
1: Mm, Yeah. Do you hear that kind of side, Bailey? I think that it's a fair thing to say, you know, if it was down to Arsenal, this would all be very quiet. And we've seen that, you know, I think the the Havertz thing was kind of arose and then was closed within about a week from the sounds of things. The the and Timber thing uh, was kept relatively quiet until that first bid went in as well. And that was a bit of a shock to everybody, but that's still ongoing. It seems like West Ham are the orchestrators of of the publicity around this deal, I, I I personally don't see what Arsenal could have really done other than I don't know being like, you know, we'll we'll pay this amount as long as you keep this quiet or something, which I don't think is realistic.
2: Yeah, yeah just some hush money maybe below the table. we we'll give giving this <laughs> extra if you know, keep you under wraps. Yeah, no, worries completely right. I think um, it's it's a dream scenario for West Ham. I think this is what they wanted. I think. They knew, Rice knew, he admitted he was leaving after they beat um, Florentino, of course, after the conference. Leave. I don't think it's ever a good thing when you confirm that a player's leaving. I know um, the, the owner has always said he was leaving. So it's only right West Ham do create a, a, transfer, a transfer battle for him uh, just to get as much money as possible. So, yeah, it does make sense that they would also publicise the deal. But I agree with you, TC. There's nothing really Arsenal could have done. That's why they mentioned this. Hopefully the deal was in was more private. But of course, sometimes it's out of your hands. So, Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's a win-win for West
1: Ham uh, at the moment, for sure. Mm. Uh, Kenny in the chat says, I understand the outrage. And this is what I kind of want to make sense of in today's show. And I think this is what all three of us are here to, to to discuss. If you've got like this outrage about Arsenal, if you've got this frustration with Arsenal, if you think Arsenal could have done something differently, do let us know in the chat box because we would be overjoyed to kind of discuss that point of view as well Uh, and I'd love to know what you believe uh, Arsenal could be doing differently at this stage I mean Rory obviously the first bid the second bid that went in, both rejected they were both to the same amount of 90 million pounds they were structured differently West Ham have always kind of had this 100 million pound asking price is there a right to be perhaps frustrated that arsenal haven't gone that 10 million pound further to break it past that 100 million pound kind of threshold
3: yeah definitely i think you know they're they're well within their rights to set the price tag where they want it and i think actually at one point it was 120 so now it's come down Mm. to 100 which in part is due to us starting as low as we did so it's definitely helped and you can see with city potentially according to demasio coming in with a package of 90 million that we're not massively um sort of lowballing them with what we've offered I think it was always going to end up at about 100 and I do just think it's the structure that's more of the issue and whether it's FFP or whatever the reason that we can't um offer a, a better structure or a structure as good as Man City's I think that's probably ultimately going to be what it comes down to will be that structure and the add-ons and I think really for add-ons we've just got to go with Games played almost rather than trying to, you know, win the Champions League, win the Premier League. If they're not going to believe that we can do that, I think you've got to say, you know, Rice has to play 80% of the games or whatever, uh, just so that we don't get completely ruined if he gets an injury. But uh, yeah, I think ultimately it's going to be the structure more than the total package that'll be the problem.
1: Mm. And Luke says here, Bailey, that for a start, Arsenal could have offered more achievable add-ons and a better payment structure that we understood that the the first offer that was 80 million plus 10, that 80 million was spread across six years, supposedly, according to our colleague at Football London, Kaya Karnak, reported that. And then the add-ons to my understanding that I reported were that Arsenal were including things like, you know, victory in the Champions League, victory in the Premier League which, as we've mentioned already, for Man City are achievable for Arsenal. There are question marks about that. Do you agree with Luke that we maybe should have been offering more money up front? And I'll add add a second point onto that. Do you think that there's an indication with the way that Arsenal have spread those offers across, I think the second one was around four to five years rather than the six years, and that these kind of add-ons are at the level that they are in terms of what needs to be achieved to, to activate them? Is that a sign that maybe there are some financial kind of clamps on Arsenal in some ways with this deal
2: I think when Arsenal go big this is what they usually do I think of Nicola Pepe as well um we played that over um installments. So I think it's to to the best way to to keep Arsenal's finances at the best possible they can of course if you want to get Havertz and want to sign a Romeo Lafia, of course Andrew and Julian Timber. you do need to try not penny pinch but keep as much finances as you can as possible but with Manchester City coming into the into the race and their their add-ons being more realistic, I do agree with Rory. I think now it's time to really push on on the initial fee, actually offering more because you can't compete with Manchester City when they're going to offer similar add-ons in terms of Champions League victories, a Premier League win, a Champions League qualification, an early date, earlier date, for example. So yeah, I do agree with Rory. I think now it is the time to really put more money into the an actual initial fee that we're going to pay West Ham because you're not going to be able to compete with City when it comes to add-ons and, and add-ons that are not guaranteed mm-hmm. either.
1: Absolutely. we I hope that this third bid that is expected to be made, apparently today, you know, we're still awaiting news on that. If you're listening to this on catch-up, maybe it's already happened by the time you're listening to this and you've got more info than we do right now. But it seems to be that we're waiting to find out what Arsenal's third bid is going to be. If it was me, you know, I'd be looking to kind of probably add in those add-ons to take it past that £100 million figure overall and making some of those add-ons a bit better structured and probably paid over less years. City seem to be willing to make the payments over just two years rather than Arsenal going for four or five or or has six in the case of the first bid. Um, But people obviously want to point fingers, Rory. Edu is the face of Arsenal's transfers. And gets a hell of a lot of stick, um, and he's continuing to do so. I talked to Bailey there, and I asked Bailey there about kind of the financial side of things. Do you think that maybe if Arsenal aren't to sign Declan Rice, that Edu will take the brunt? And actually, there maybe should be some finger pointing towards the owners and to maybe not being so tight in terms of what Arsenal are offering financially.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, Edu is going to take the brunt of it. Um, and in fairness, Edu gets the you know the majority of the praise when things are going well um so that's just part of the game but I mean it's difficult where to point fingers if uh, Man City is uh, other than well Chelsea and Man City the only two clubs I feel like if you lose out to them because they've just completely gazumped you you want to point the finger somewhere but you almost just can't and I feel like financially uh, to be fair since the Cronkies took fully over the club they have backed us pretty well and I think the issues are more to do with the fact that you know, for the last six or seven years, we've really not generated much money at all. Um, and particularly over the last three or four, we've spent a lot of money. So I think, I mean, I don't know what the accounts look like, but I do worry that it is more just that we're completely tied up with FFP. Um, and in that case, you can point the fingers back at deals like Pepe that I think we're still paying off. Um, but those people aren't even at the club anymore. So it, it's a difficult one. You want to point fingers somewhere. Um But I don't think there's anyone necessarily that really deserves to take the full brunt of it.
1: I mean, Bailey, I'll ask you this on, on this as well. I mean, I need to follow the same people that Rory is to see the uh, the praise that Edu gets because I never see the praise uh, that Edu gets. I feel like he gets a really tough ride of uh, things. I feel like, you know, in terms of like a balance of praise and criticism, it leans so much more heavily into the criticism side of things regarding Edu. I think Arteta gets so much praise and rightly so. But for transfers, it seems like Edu's still trying to prove himself very much. And this Rice deal as well was meant to be kind of the, the cornerstone Stone of really turning the corner on the reputation of, of Edu. But what do you make of kind of where the blame lies if Arsenal are unable to get hold of Declan Rice this summer?
2: I think uh, it's hard, as I agree with Roy. I think if it's, you're losing out to Manchester City, I think it's, it is hard to blame Edu. But if it was to Manchester United or Liverpool, let's say, then I would actually put the blame on Edu because you just have to look at the past transfers of. The midweek situation, Casado, well. but other players we've lost out who have been our main targets. The fact that we're failing to consistently sign our main first target is becoming a—it's becoming a worry. Um, I do also must say that I do think Edu does get unnecessary hate and he doesn't get enough praise. I do agree with you. I think if we lose a transfer, it's Edu's fault. If you win a transfer, it's Arteta's uh, 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 right doing. So I do agree with that. But I think Edu does deserve a, a criticism if you can't get our first targets over the line. I think he's our. Uh, so our director at the end of the day and he's the one who should be negotiating the transfer so it should be on the player on the person who can't get the player in and that is Edu who's at the forefront of these things so I think it's only right Edu does deserve the blame for the transfers.
1: Mm. Uh, there's over a thousand of you watching in the chat box please make sure you do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here uh, make sure also you check out the boys channels as well Bailey what have you got going on at the moment we're going to carry on talking but I just want to give you a yourselves a shout out so tell me where you what you got going on and where
2: of course of course if you want to hear more of me guys you can uh, see me on your boys as you can see at YBOFCL your boys official we are on YouTube TikTok and Instagram and yeah all football content throughout the summer giving you um Behind the scenes on Euro under 21 content as well, of course. England are, are kicked they've kicked off actually, funnily enough. Mm. So, watch out for that. Um, behind the scenes, there and more Premier League and transfer content your way as well. So, if you want to see us, please tune in.
1: And Rory, you've got your own channel as well. Tell people, uh, tell the people about it. I don't want to struggle with my words so much today. It must be my, bra- my brain's been fried <laughs> with rice, clearly. Go on, Rory, tell us about it.
3: Yeah, Rory talks football. Uh, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube. So YouTube's uh, is fully just Arsenal content. TikToks where I uh, yeah speak about other clubs and get a lot of abuse off other fan bases. But uh, <laughs> daily, daily Arsenal uploads on on the YouTube channel.
1: No, that's about mate. I did a tweet yesterday. It was kind of um, I don't know if you saw this, Bailey. It was like uh, saying about how well we have done to get ten million off Havertz, and I Bless. caught hundreds of Chelsea fans with that tweet. Honestly, the amount of abuse was hilarious. They are a sensitive bunch, the Chelsea so fans. Sensitive. So Very that's I like, sensitive.
2: Dude, that's why I like poking my uh, my finger at them. They just, they just Absolutely. react. Absolutely. Indeed. <laughs> um, let's
1: go. to I realise what I said then. In terms of my brain is like fresh fried, like rice, and everyone's now picking up on that fantastic um i could go some fried rice right now it's actually made me quite hungry Um Boumaguna says I would sacrifice multiple other targets to secure Rice he's a true game changer and at this stage it's a bigger bottle job than the league if we miss out on him it's facts I mean Rory do you think if Arsenal end up going like say over the 100 million pound figure is that going to cost Arsenal Maybe some other targets. We know of Timber, obviously Havertz looks to be, but we also, I think, need another midfielder. Partey could be moved on. I think there's an argument as well for another fullback potentially being looked at, especially if Chirintini moves on. Do you feel as though there's anything tied to this Rice deal in regards to future transfers that might be giving Arsenal school for thought in being more measured in their bidding approach?
3: Yeah, I definitely think, uh, obviously Havertz is done and I think Timber will get done as well. I then think whoever we get after this will depend on how much we spend on Rice, if we get Rice. Um, for me, I mean, I feel like Timber's probably going to be the only defensive signing anyway. Um, but then it depends. I-, I agree, we need another midfield signing, especially if Pate goes. Wow. And whether that's someone at Lavia's value or someone slightly higher up at the sort of Onana, Zubamendi, maybe even Caicedo level. Um, I do think it will depend how much we spend on Rice. But, realistically, it's going to be around the 100 mil, 110 mil mark for Rice. That has to be the priority. Like, 100% have to get that done, uh, regardless of what it affects after that, I think.
1: Yeah, I do tend to agree. I mean, there's an argument, Bailey, if if of we need to bring three central midfielders in. I mean, Havertz, I don't necessarily look at as one of those options. I know that he can play alongside Odegaard, potentially, but... If Partey and Xhaka go, that's two midfielders where they offer a lot, you know, not only in the offensive third, but more so, I feel, in the the defensive third and the middle third. And bringing in just Rice, for me, wouldn't be enough. Bringing in Rice and maybe Lavia, I don't think is enough either if we're going to strengthen for the Champions League. So, if we are looking at maybe Rice and Lavia, I mean, who else is there that Arsenal could be looking to?
2: That is my concern. Um, Signing three midfielders... Uh, it's going to be very pricey and tough. I don't think we'll do it, even though I do agree with you. I think we do need it. I think there is one player in the... Champ- oh, not in the Championship, but we're at Everton right now. Uh, maybe Onana. I know he wanted to wait till the end of the season. He could be a good option. Maybe as a backup, he can play across the across the, the two, eight or six. So he could be an option there. And you're going to have to look... I think if we do sign Lavio, let's say, he's going to be very expensive. And, of course, we already know the rice deal. We are going to have to look for a more cheap option. We won't be able to afford Havertz, Casado Rice and another... A very higher priced uh, players, so we're gonna to have to look and be shrewd of our signings. And Eddie, one thing I can I can praise on Eddie is he has been shrewd of certain signings. So I think that third midfielder will be important, and it could be a shrewd signing if we do go for it.
1: Mm. I mean, there's an argument, Rory, as well that if Rice is to say be missed out upon, you know, Caicedo's not been secured by Chelsea at this stage. As far as I'm aware, Arsenal's interest has not been fully withdrawn. They've just been very much kind of preoccupied with the Rice situation. And I think they're also monitoring what Chelsea end up agreeing with Brighton and seeing if that's something they can move on. Do you feel as though if Rice doesn't happen, that that Caicedo thing may reinvigorate once again and that might be the option we go for if if Rice isn't gettable in the end?
3: Yeah, I think the Caicedo thing's interesting. I think uh, Brighton are waiting to see what happens with Rice. And I think they're probably hoping that we do miss out on Rice and that opens up a bidding war for Caicedo. Because at the moment, um, from most reports, it sounds like they are just completely outpricing Arsenal and Chelsea and anyone else for Caicedo. But I do think that it is the case that they will sell him this summer. They're not in any rush to sell him. And yeah, I think they are are probably hoping that we end up dropping out of Rice and uh, turning turning our attention to Caicedo.
1: Mm, indeed, I think that answers Checkpoint's question around like who would be the the alternative. Would anyone disagree with Caicedo being the alternative to Rice? No, I don't think so. I think he would be the obvious candidate as well. And speaking of questions, we are going to jump into the chat box uh, for the remainder of the show. And we're going to be working through plenty of your questions. So please do not hesitate to start throwing them into the chat. Bailey, we'll start with our super chat from Marcus, good friend of the Arsenal way, of course. Says, Bailey, hope you're well. And so if we do not get Rice, who do we go for? No ours, because he's already moved to Roma. (laughs) So sorry about that. Would you still like Renato Sanchez? (laughs) Listen, all
2: I'm going to say is, right, Take the injuries away for Renato Sanchez and just think of a fit Renato Sanchez in that number eight spot alongside a number six and Erdegaard. It would be perfect, but unfortunately his injuries... It's like saying take the
1: traffic away from London, it would be a great place to live. <laughs> like,
2: I, uh, <laughs> just think in a dream world though, just think an injuryless, injuryless Renato Sanchez in our number eight, that would be... Per- I don't think... I'd rather him than Rice if he was, let's say, uh, minus the injuries, he would be the perfect, perfect player, but <laughs> You just can't trust him you just can't trust him
1: fair enough mate um owen says rory uh, do arsenal put too much faith in our transfer targets words we've been burnt in the past trying to negotiate from a strong position only for it to cost us in the end
3: yeah i do think you know and i'm guilty of it and i'm sure lots of arsenal fans are guilty of getting caught up in this you know the player only wants us so that's the only place that they'll end up um Rice isn't going to turn down Man City if it's between Man City and West Ham. So uh, I I do think we do put a bit too much faith in it. I don't know if Arsenal, you know, behind the scenes put too much faith in it um, or if it's just something that as a fan base we get wrapped up in. Uh, But it is certainly a thing that I think we should probably talk less about because ultimately money and winning things uh, talks.
1: Mm. I'll take this one from Matt G who says which move would be more pressure uh would it be a move to Arsenal or a move to Man City I think there are obviously differences between the moves for Rice I think if he moves to Man City he doesn't have the guarantees regarding game time Rodri is the obvious choice right now he was arguably the best defensive midfielder in the league last season if Thomas Partey had maintained his form perhaps at the end of the campaign we could have seen a, a good argument for him but overall I think Rodri won that, that argument pretty comfortably and he becomes a, an option, you know, as as many players are. Pretty much every player, bar the likes of Erling Haaland, are options for Bep Guardiola in that side, Kevin De Bruyne being the other one, you'd imagine. And even as he progresses through his ages in his 30s, he's going to become more of an option than he has been a guaranteed starter. So if he moves to Arsenal, you are guaranteed minutes, but you're not guaranteed, which you are at City's obviously the trophy side of things. And then there's an expectation around winning trophies at Man City and having to perform in every single time. I'm not saying that you don't have to perform every single time you're playing an Arsenal shirt, but you're performing at a level for Man City in Guardiola's system that's expected to win. And if he feels that you're not performing at a level that's going to achieve that, you could argue there's more pressure in that sense. But from an Arsenal side of things, there's an expectation of a £100 million record-breaking signing on his head if he moves to Arsenal. If he does move to Arsenal, it's guaranteed to be a record-breaking deal for Arsenal. And we are a cutthroat fan base, is what we are. Uh, If you don't succeed within the first few months... You know, there's question marks already. Uh, Wesley says, uh, "Belly, does Rice walk into the city starting squad? And if not, can playing time be the key leverage that we've got in negotiations?"
2: Well, of course, if Gundogan not in the not in the squad no more, him set to make the move to Barcelona, there's a hole there. There's a hole there, and Rice could potentially take that position. Um, I'll probably say yes at the moment. He would. I think he would succeed. I think I mean, Rice has got that mentality where he can up his level, and I think he would thrive under Pep Guardiola as much as that. it pains me to say it. I think he would be a success there. I think it's different to Calvin Phillips, who was in the back of injuries, had Rodri there, who's almost impossible to replace. So it was almost right written on the, wall, on the wall there that he was, it was going to be tougher him. But I think Rice would come in and do well. But again, key playing time. I think he'll get playing time in both clubs. I don't think that's a factor for, for Arsenal. Obviously. I honestly think he'll start for both teams. I think he is that good. Mm. But I think for London, for Arsenal, the big advantage we do have is, is is London. We are in London. I think it's location. I know Rice before I know the reports months ago when it was linked to Manchester United that he and it and was linked to Manchester United and Chelsea that the key factor was him staying in London. So I think that can really play a major, major part of Arsenal. And maybe the fact that we've been chasing him now for a few months, and so maybe we are further in with our personal talks and promises, etc. So maybe that can play a part. I don't think he. I don't think playing time is a factor this, I think if you're a top player, your mentality is to play for the best team and win the best trophies, and to do that, you want to be playing. So if you would if we want a mentality beat in our squad, I'd expect Rice not to not choose City because of that reason. So
1: fair enough. Uh Steve says, uh Rory, is it realistic to expect Arsenal to outbid Manchester City?
3: Um I, I think it is to the extent that uh it's it's a more important signing for us than it is to Man City. I don't think this is a a must sign for man city where i think it is for us. um and so it wouldn't surprise me if you know they have been known to make an opening bid and then walk away. uh they're not the sort of club that generally gets into these sorts of battles. so it wouldn't surprise me if our third bid uh trumped man city's first bid and that was it and that was it done. that's i mean that would be the dream obviously but um mm. But yeah, even if we bid the same as them, if we can bid the same as them with the same structure, I actually think we end up getting Rice purely out of his preference. So it could be that we just bid the same as them and get him, but we can outbid them if we need to, I hope.
1: Mm, fair enough. I I think there's a good point in there, actually. You know, it depends upon how far Man City are willing to go with Rice. You know, he wasn't a priority at the beginning of the window. He's become more of a priority with the Gundogan situation. Um, there's also an argument that they've lost out on Drew Bellingham you know, already. And Jude Bellinger was a priority target for them. They were told at the end of April, start of May, that he decided to move to Real Madrid. Having worked a lot behind the scenes, you know, Pep Guardiola was said by the Athletic to be regularly ringing up Jude Bellinger in terms of kind of having conversations and kind of doing the groundwork for that deal. If they were to miss Bailey out on Declan Rice as well, after losing Gundogan, Bernardo Silva could be off to Saudi Arabia, which I find a, a worrying deal, to be honest. Um, what do you make of the idea that Man City will be determined not to lose out on the potentially top two England international midfielders that are available this summer?
2: I just don't think it bothers them. I, I really don't. Um, I really don't. I think it would be a bigger miss for Arsenal than it would for, would for City. Um, I think, they, again, they've already got a strong, strong side, but I do think they'll go for an alternative target. I think if they wanted Rice and Rice as their main target... They wouldn't have waited this long. They wouldn't have waited on Gundogan to make a decision. I think they would have went out and got Rice anyway and then decided, OK, with Gundogan, are you staying? Are you leaving? And I let them two compete. So I think it's not a major miss for City. I think as much as I'd like it to be, but it's not. I think they honestly, they're just playing it by hand. And if Rice is available, they will go out and get him. If not, I think they'll go and, out and get an alternative. But they do have a strong squad in general anyways, where I don't think they need Rice as much as Arsenal would be Rice in their team. So so now I don't think it's a major miss
1: uh Getting back to the Edu focus, uh, Giovanni says Rory, Tom Bailey, and Rory. If we miss out on Rice and Caicedo, and Havertz is currently our only signing, the Arsenal fan base deserves to be angry and annoyed. And I think it's Edu out, no questions asked. And Pokemon Go Speller says, in what way should we look at Edu? Should we not sign Declan Rice? He will not, for me, be an Arsenal director. What do you think?
3: I mean, I think it's harsh. I think it's harsh. Um, I, even if we are at the point where we have, you know, we'll, if we've missed out on Rice and Caicedo is still an option and we've got Havertz, we are still only just over a week into the window. I feel like to, to you know, be throwing uh, Edu out of the club at that stage is, is harsh. It's uh, and, and to be honest, I don't know enough about uh, footballing directors to say who would come in and replace Edu um, sort of midway through a... A summer window. I feel like Edu will have done a lot of work with a lot of players, and yeah, getting rid of him at this stage would uh, throw the winter window into chaos uh, and do more damage than good. I think.
1: Mm, I do agree. I I don't know what the theory is in getting rid of Edu. You know, a week into the window being there. I mean, I don't know who people's. Um... Uh, you know, replacements are. TJR says over Mars. I mean, you might want to do a little bit of digging into why he left Ajax, mate. Um, moving into Steve Stone's question is it realistic? Oh, we've done that one. Sorry. Um, Gang, uh, Goon Gang AFC says, are, are you concerned about putting the price tag of Pepe and the pressure surrounding that on Declan Rice if he comes in as our most expensive signing, Bailey?
2: Absolutely not. So, shall we never? I'm going to ask you, shall we never sign a player on BR record again? So, we just sign players for under a certain amount. No, I feel like Rice is just a complete different beast to Pepe. The deal makes more sense. We, Rice is staying in London if he moves. He's played in the Premier League. I think if there's ever a player you want to, to smash that record, it is a player with Declan Rice's profile. England international, a captain, a European winning captain. You can't ask for much more than that. If you can't handle the pressure of the price tag, then I'd be absolutely shocked. I'd be surprised. I think that's. I don't think that's even, a, for me, a consideration of why I worry about bringing in Rice. That is not, for me, one of the failures of why he would fail. I think it would be more in the system or or injuries, for example, his price tag for me is absolutely is benign uh, to me. I think that's absolutely no, no no worry at all, to be honest.
1: No, no I do agree. You have to have... And yeah, in end of the day, our record was was signed in 2019. We've moved four years since then. Records have been broken in the market since then. And if Arsenal want to talk at the top table of football, you've got to start paying the figures that teams at that level start to pay. Um, Cam says, uh, Rory, with two of our regular midfield players about to leave, do you think we have alternatives lined up Post-losing Rice to City, I know we've talked about the idea that we have to feel like we bring in three, but do you feel like the club are looking to bring in three?
3: Um, I feel like we're certainly bringing to, looking to bring in two, uh, and then if we lose Partey, then it becomes three. I think how much we get for Partey could factor into that. Obviously, we've seen like you know, he could go to Saudi Arabia potentially for 40 million euros. But then I heard today that Juventus are looking at 18 to 20 million euros, which would be, I mean, if we lost Partey for 20 million euros or less, that would be, that would be shambolic. That would almost be more criminal than missing out on Rice for me. Um, I'd rather keep him for two years and lose him on a free at that point. Uh, So in terms of alternatives, I think we still end up going for one big player. Um, If we lose out on Rice, that becomes Caicedo. Uh, And I think we go for one sort of probably younger, um, cheaper player that we can look to develop, whether that's Labia or someone else, I don't know. But I think certainly two. And then who knows, maybe Havertz does become the third option and say we keep Balogun or keep Nketiah, who we might otherwise sell if we bring in three other midfielders.
1: No, well summed up. Uh, Wayne Sage, thank you for the super chat. This fan base is so incredibly reactive and irrational. They constantly throw uh, or rather show a total lack of understanding of how business is conducted. We're one week in. I mean, Bailey, I'd say I don't want to. I don't think we should generalize the whole fan base. I think it's, you know, certain members of the fan base might be a better, or more accurate way of putting it. But you know, I mean, I've seen, if I typed in, if I did Control-F and put Edu out into the chat box today, I think I might be seeing a number of people putting in that. I would, is, do people have a right to be this reactor? I was speaking to a good friend of mine earlier. I won't name him for his his sake, but he said, my my season ticket's gone up by hundreds of pounds this season. I've got a right to be annoyed if Arsenal don't spend the money in the window.
2: Yeah, I'll never um, stop anyone um, projecting their voice or saying their opinions. Um, I think you're... Fans are right to be annoyed. You can Mm. be annoyed. Maybe you're taking it one step further too far by saying he should lose his job because we're still in the transfer window. At least let him survive until August before you do use those words. But let's not get it wrong, you are allowed to criticise Edu, you are allowed to criticise Edu, I think if Rice does not go for the line, then I do agree, Edu deserves heavy criticism, but at the same time, he's got two months to to uh, make up for it, and make amends and sign another player who will make us improve, like a Casado, for example, so as I said, we are one week into the transfer window, guys, please wait until August and then this is when we start putting out the judgments on what Edu's situation is, because I do agree, I think this window is the major window for Edu, because I think, January, Chossard was an excellent um, alternative to Madrid. But again, Madrid was our main target. I think of the January before that, when we didn't sign a striker with Aubameyang, we that still hurts me to stay. I remember on the Arsenal ATC when we were fuming mm. in that Newcastle. That went back to the January transfer window. And I do blame Edu, Edu for that. So yes, this transfer window is crucial for Edu. But let, let him do it until August, until deadline day at least, please.
1: Yeah, I mean, and if you can't wait until August, I'd at least say... Until the end of this Declan Rice saga at least has completed. Like for those that are saying, Edu out and we don't even know what's going to happen. You're going to look little, a bit silly if he ends up at Arsenal, you know. I've seen plenty of people committing their stance to it already on social media. Uh, sticking with the Super Chats, Daniel says, what should, Rory, the third Arsenal bid look like in order to help get it over the line? Love the channel. Thanks, Daniel.
3: Yeah, I think it should be 100 million. Uh, I think it'll be, you know, in the region of 85 plus 15 and add-ons. And then again, the structure just has to be much closer to what Man City have offered. Um, if it's possible for us to do that. And if it's not possible for, for us to do that, then, I mean, it's over. It's over. So it has to be, it has to hit the 100 million mark, I think. And uh, yeah, just a better, better structure and better add-ons
1: uh this super chat is, is really testing my star wars knowledge chris uh to be honest bailey uh, will rice be in an anakin and succumb to pep palpatine uh or will he do a luke and join arteta let's hope he'll be joining the ewok dance at the end of the season i mean i'm suppose i'm going to try and translate this as best i can will rice be turning to the dark side if he was to move to Man City? I mean, would Arsenal fans have a right to be annoyed? I suppose is the better way of putting the question, which we appreciate, Chris. Um, but would it be like, is that kind of the way? Should we be annoyed at Rice if he ends up going to City?
2: Is is this to me?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said oh, really. to,
3: oh, I
2: that. <laughs> I that. Should we be annoyed at Rice? Not really. um, Because again, I don't think if he joins Manchester City, I don't think it will be a money decision. I think it will be a, a decision where he wants to win more trophies. I think it's a fair game. I think Mudrick did receive a lot of hate when he came to the Emirates. But again, I think Mudrick was teasing Arsenal fans. Rice is not really teasing Arsenal fans. So I haven't seen anything from Rice's Instagram. Maybe the um, uh, Saka, when he replied to Saka's post, I believe there was some, there was interaction there. I, mean, I think that's the only type of teasing that Declan Rice has done. But with Mudrick, it was clear that he wanted to join Arsenal. And then the sudden move to Chelsea did put us off. And Arsenal were in a better position than Chelsea too. So I think it's different if it goes to Manchester City. But Arsenal fans are going to be Arsenal fans. When it comes to the Emirates, I'm pretty sure it's going to be known that we're not happy, happy to chose City, instead so no of Arsenal race.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't really get that. I didn't get why we booed Mudrick either, <laughs> to be honest. I don't really know why we did. Boo Mudric every time he got on the ball. Um, and I imagine if if Rice goes city, he'll get booed as well if he comes back to the Emirates. And I'd never got that. I get some of it. Like I understand. I never can say I really join in with the booing, but I understand why some players, I can stand why Abamyang, for instance, was booed when he arrived back at Arsenal with Chelsea. But I don't get the Mudric and I don't and I wouldn't get the uh uh, the Declan Rice one either, uh, to be honest. Uh, Matt G says, I've just paid for an Edu out banner to fly over the Emirates. Am I overreacting? Um, potentially. Just just a tad, Matt. Just just a tad. Um, Wallace says, Roy, 100 million could get us one or two quality signings. Is it really that much of a disaster if we spend that money elsewhere?
3: Um, I think it's just the context of, you know, people talk about the the phases at Arsenal under Arteta and then now we're supposedly heading into phase four and I think in phase four and phase five it comes down to fine margins and Rice the difference between Rice going to Arsenal and going to Man City when they're the team we're competing with that's not even a fine margin that's a fat margin and at that point you know even if we do go and spend 100 million on a different player Man City still have Declan Rice who is our key target and You know, I think if if Arteta is certain that he fits in at Arsenal, then I'm sure Pep thinks that he'll fit in at City. So, yeah, uh, ultimately, I do think it would be a disaster.
1: I mean, if we're using the Disney uh, analogies today, I hope our Phase 4 and 5s are better than Marvel's Phase 4 and 5s because, frankly, it's been hit and miss so far. (laughs) It's been very hit and miss. Uh, Leeds Gunner says, uh, Isn't Lavia just a Laconga with more Premier League experience? In my opinion, they are very similar on paper, not worth it. From the way that Bailey's shaking his head, I assume he enthusiastically agrees with what this is being said.
2: Crazy. (laughs) <laughs> that is, That is ridiculous. That is, I'm sorry. Let's go watch the FA Cup uh, third round, um, Arsenal first Manchester City in the second half, and just also watch Erdogan's reaction to Samuel Conga uh, in a defensive phase. And you and then watch Lavio against Arsenal at the Emirates and tell me that those two are the same players. It's absolutely not. Lavia is absolutely sensational uh, off the ball. So so yeah, definitely not a Samuel Congo, but guys, let's calm him down because if we don't get rice. Samuel Congo would be like a new signing. We didn't have him for the last six months.
3: Oh, don't you dare.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: don't you dare go like, no, I'm sorry. I'm so- I am know some people are big fans of Sammy, but if, if, to the level that we're looking to go to, I'm sorry, but he's just not He's just not going to be that guy. He's um, just not that guy. Um, let's go to Joe, who says, Rory, could you see Man City backing out of a bidding war if it becomes too much? Or will they always continue, you feel, to match Arsenal's bids?
3: Uh, no, I think they'll back out quite early. Um, you know, if you look historically, they have missed out on quite a few players. They missed out on Van Dijk, Carrie Maguire, uh, Alexis Sanchez. They don't typically engage in... Uh, big bidding wars. Um, you know, they tend to come in with roughly what they think the player is worth and move on quite quickly if they don't get it. So I think in general, this is going to be wrapped up rapidly. You know, we were we were led to believe that both Arsenal and City were going to bid today. I don't think we've seen a bid from either yet. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be wrapped up quite quickly and City will move on if uh, if it drags out any longer.
1: Mm. of so Pochettino, I wonder who they support, says, what is your alternative to Rice? I'd say be afraid, Super Pochettino, because I feel it might be your number one midfield target. So watch this space on that one. Um, Ben says, why are we stressing? Honestly, Kaiseido is just as good as Rice. Zibamendi is as good as well. I don't get Rice because you lost him to the best team on the planet. Just focus on someone else. Easy, says Ben. Would you agree, Bailey?
2: I need his. I need what he's taken in the morning. I need that I need that calming, <laughs> calming soothing. Oh, he's spoken over
1: there at Ben's house.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need what you're having, Ben, because yeah, as much as I do agree with you, uh C, being the best team on the planet, um, Kasado is not just as good as Rice in a number eight role, maybe the number six role. Yes, but they're completely different roles. I haven't seen Quesado going forward. And Rice has really shown in the last six months that he can score goals, he can actually goal-contribute. And I think we need that. Shaka showed it last season how important his goals were. And I think Quesado can do that just as well as Rice. So, absolutely not. And mendy again, I think Premier League experience is key. If we're going to sign a big player and, and spend and buy the player for big money, I do like the player to have Premier League experience so he can come in and immediately make an impact. And Rice does do that. So, yes, I think we are overstressing, but right to be stressing. I'm stressing as well.
1: Uh, Roy thank you for super chat so some of the Arsenal fan base won't be up unless we get Rice and Mbappe Messi and somehow reincarnate Pelé and Maradona pessimists are never disappointed uh, <laughs> honest I feel like isn't it pessimists are always disappointed isn't it is it not pessimists are always I suppose I don't know how it works if you're an optimist you're Always hopeful, and if it doesn't go well you I guess you'd be a bit disappointed, yeah, but i guess if
3: you if never you... if you never believe something's going to happen, you can never be disappointed, but it doesn't yeah, is that
1: saying I'm going back to spider man now I'm thinking of that phrase at the end, you know if you don't if you expect disappointment, you'll never be disappointed, i suppose but Surely, pessimists are just in a perpetual state of disappointment, (laughs) to be fair. It's a good argument, you know, for that as well. But appreciate the comment, Ray. Um, I guess I I, I let Rory tackle this question earlier. So, Bailey, I will come back to you quickly. Zara says, Why is everyone putting all of this on their do? What about the club owners? Uh, We know they do not invest in our club like Man City do. So, it's the cronkies too. Rice told Arsenal he wants them. And now, apparently, he wants City.
2: What, what do you want the owners to do? Uh, I think they're, they're giving the money out. I, I think less
1: uh, more money, Bailey, is the, is the obvious he, answer.
2: We it perfectly early in the show. We have to be careful with FFP, guys. You can't just throw cash out, cash out, cash Does out. Does that exist?
1: Know. I didn't know that existed. I thought it no, didn't thought count it's for it's, Premier League um, clubs.
2: Allegedly, according to some, it doesn't, uh, and some, <laughs> some who some are in the in the Rice battle, it doesn't, so I'm not going to say too much on that, but yeah, we have to be careful, but I think this summer we are going to recuperate some money, so maybe that might give us a bit more freedom, maybe not in this way, but going forwards where the Conquets can inject a bit more money into us, but you can't blame the club owners, they're giving us enough money at the end of the day to go and push for Rice, go and push for Havertz, potentially uh, you're in timber, of course, and maybe even uh, Romeo Lafayette, so definitely not on the owners.
1: Mm. See, I, I'm more so inclined to look towards the owners myself. Um, apparently, Drew disagrees with me as well. I, I'm assuming that's what Drew means by saying, "on oh, my days. I'm guessing that it is. The only reason why I look towards the owners, because for me, Edu is working within the confines of what the club are sanctioning in terms of spending. Am I going mad by thinking that, Rory?
3: Uh, I don't think you're going mad. Um, and I do think the thing with FFP is... There are ways of getting around it. And so if push really came to shove, they've got the money to do it. Let's just start playing the dirty tactics to get around FFP. Would Could be the argument. Um, mm. Because it does get to the point where I feel like if we are abiding by FFP, why? What is the point when we know that the teams that we're competing with aren't necessarily doing the same? Um, I don't know.
1: Fair enough. I feel like Drew Drew's going to jump all the way across the pond and find me soon, <laughs> apparently, if I keep going on about the owners. um, Tom Sabal, thank you for the kind donation. If Kaiseda was as good as rice, why aren't City interested in him, Bailey?
2: That's a question you have to ask Pep and, and, and Chiki, of course. But no... <laughs> Uh, as I said, I think Cas- Casado is better in the number six position. I really do think when he's coming back from deep and getting the ball from midfield, and if we're not planning to play Casado in that position... Cause, sorry, no, Casado is more like a Rodri. He's more like a Rodri. I think you can't have Casado and Rodri in the same side. I don't think he will suit City as much as he would Arsenal. So it makes sense why they're not in for him, and I suppose they see Rice as a better box-to-box midfielder or a better one replacement than Casado, which I completely agree with too.
1: Well, Brad's asking the question about who does the negotiations. I mean, there's there's arguments as well that the name's not being mentioned. Rory Tim Lewis, who's, uh, you know, deputy co-chairman. You've got uh, Richard Garlick, who's head of football operations as well. Do they come into your mind when in, we're looking at kind of the reasons why maybe Arsenal aren't being successful in the market at times?
3: Yeah, definitely. And I think in some ways, uh, when it comes to the financial side, I think they're more involved than Edu is. Um, which, again, is why it does sometimes feel harsh that, you know the buck seems to stop with edu and no further so there are other people involved um but yeah edu seems to be the face and for that he will get the crucifixion if it goes wrong
1: mm, yeah good words um in terms of uh, this one from Dwayne says for bailey do would you bid 90 million and Inketia for
2: declan rice uh, 90 million is that in installments is that uh how, i'm gonna say how, it's how in
1: that? two payments uh, all guaranteed money
2: I don't know, because I'd probably value Enketia around the 20, 30 million pound mark. So maybe 80 million or 70 million um, plus Enketia. Uh, no, I'd
1: do the ninety million plus and Kehia
2: get it do done. You know me; I'm not and yeah. is
1: like wildest fan yeah. in the world. For sure, um, no, I'm just
2: thinking and still England international still has value to him. I think he, is, he has value. I think if we were yeah, 10, of course he on does. Solo basis, yeah, yeah. be worth ten million when we can. But get if you told
1: me I, I could sacrifice his part in the squad and ninety million to get Rice done, I think I might do that, you know, just to, just to get it over the line. Yeah, I see you put you're it that aware, way. you agree?
2: Yeah, no, when you put it that way, I do agree, but I'm against <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking of Nketiah's value straight from a point. Yeah. On a basis, and saving money as well.
3: Yeah. Nketiah definitely does have a value that's probably more than that. But if you were to say... Right, it's 90 million in Ketia, or he goes to City. Then, oh, yeah, it's 90 million and yeah. Ketia every day of the week. That's
1: what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, last thing I want to get your views on is not necessarily related to, to Rice. There's rumors at the moment that Juventus might be looking to buy Thomas Partey for 20 million euros. Bailey, what do you make of that as a potential sale? Is Edu that guy, Boomer says regarding that? I mean, that's, if I'm honest, a pitiful amount of money, to be yeah. fair.
2: It is. It is. Um, and again, the way the way Juventus have offered it is in complete instalments uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Apparently, so again, they're doing the same things after Rice, but with even less money. But again, you do have to take into consideration. Party he is he's thirty now, so he has gone above that bracket. So he has lost um, a lot of value, of course. So maybe it's not the worst worst of deals if we are looking to offload him and looking to get off our books as as quickly as possible. I know he's on a high amount of money, also. So mm-hmm. that would be a major benefit for our wages. But again, if party goes, replacing him is an absolute necessity because we can't rely on Jorginho, who also looks like he could be leaving for the season. So again, we'll need to recuperate that money. And 20 million is a bit low. 20 million euros as well, especially. Mm, so yeah, no, million to, quid. Yeah, 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 that's not enough for party.
1: Rory, thoughts?
2: Uh, yeah, I'd rather lose
3: him for free in 2025 than, than uh, give him up for that sort of money because to you don't even come close to replacing him for that sort of money. Um, yeah. and at the, the stage that we're in at the moment I do still think we're in a building stage and you have to either keep hold of players like that or get decent money for him If I mean surely he's just got to go to Saudi Arabia for, for mm. close to 40 million if that's in any way an option um, it's just yeah
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've said on the channel before the I, I'd, when before the whole Saudi thing came up, if Partey was to move on, I don't see who's going to pay the money that we would want. And if the interest is likely to come from Italy, they're not going to pay the money that you're going to get like you know from places like Saudi Arabia, I suppose. So it doesn't make any sense um, to to do that deal. I think Arsenal would need well over thirty million pounds to consider. You know, in my view, they should look to you know get over thirty million pounds to consider selling him. Um, but I fear that they might end up getting something between twenty and. 30 but we'll have to wait and see to round off the show uh I'm going to be that mean guy and just ask the final question Bailey are Arsenal going to sign Declan Rice
2: uh, yes yes I'm going yes Rory yes
1: because
3: I oh. committed to going bold if we don't so
1: i saw that tweet i thought that was if he doesn't turn out in the community shields i felt that was i thought you were kind of covering your back if he rocked up in a city shirt
3: uh no it was it was implied as uh yeah if he does if he's not playing for arsenal uh, if he's not signed by the time we play the community shield game then uh i'll I'll get bold on stream for it so
1: (sighs) That is a commitment. Well, you've not only broadcasted on Twitter, but you broadcasted here as well. So uh, we we will look out for that if indeed the worst happens, doubly so uh, for Rory. But a massive thank you to our guests coming on today. Bailey, give yourself a shout out. Tell people they can find you.
2: it's always a pleasure you bringing me on TC thanks as always and thank you guys for tuning in Um, as I said earlier on the show if you want to find me the acts are below my name you can find me at YBOFCL if you want to see more football content from me and if you want to see more personal content and on my social media it's BaileyQ underscore so you can find me on there also
1: indeed absolutely Uh, Rory thank you for your time fantastic debut my friend thank you for taking the time to jump on the channel I hope you've enjoyed yourself tell people they can find you
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. It's been a great time. Uh, Yeah, Rory Talks Football, um, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. um, Not to be confused with Rory Jennings. And that's
1: it. Indeed. I did have a couple of people saying, are you getting Rory Jennings on? I'm like, no, I've got someone better. So don't worry about that. (laughs) Um, But chat box, thank you. You've been brilliant. Uh, Please do drop a like on the video before you go. Uh, There's over 1,200 of you that have been tuning in concurrently, which is fantastic. Thank you to everybody that has been doing so and leaving your comments uh for those of you that aren't a member of the channel already you can also find information about how you can become that and join our discord server in the chat or not the chat box but the description of the video down below Uh, have a fantastic evening if you feel like you need to take yourself away from football do it i encourage you to do so save your mental health it is worth far far more uh, than any chaos or anger you can get about this silly football club so certainly it's worth it so uh, enjoy your evening stay safe stay well and as always up the arsenal
0: conditions apply 5 years or 100,000 miles whichever comes first ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology driver's responsibility to stay alert drive safely and control vehicle at all times
1: This podcast is proud to be part
3: of the Talk Sport Fan Network Talk Sport powered by fans